It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, being part of the show today. Uh, we've had a lively couple of shows here to yeah. start off the week. Can't uh, imagine why. I uh, don't know what's going on, but we we love the interaction. We love the feedback. Keep it rolling. Love to have that uh, back and forth with our audience. So always feel free to text into the show. Let us know what's on your mind, your opinions of what's going on. 435-339-0321. Those are the numbers to text. If you want to call in, and we'll we take callers, and we've had a few, uh, but if you want to call in, you can do that too. 435-752-1069. Um, so it, Utah State does not have a football game this week. Thank heavens. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it actually It'll actually be... It's good and bad that, that they don't have a game this week because it's good because they kind of need some time to recuperate. Yes. Figure out who they are, do some soul searching, work on some of the things that aren't going very well in their run game and their pass game. But also, it's going to be a while before you get this bad taste out of your mouth. They had, you know, they talked about the bad taste in their mouth after Alabama. Then it got even worse somehow. And then now they've got to wait two weeks to hopefully actually get out of their losing ways. Uh, did you hear that Kyle Van Leeuwen? I did. Yeah, for those who didn't hear, sounds like he injured his knee and looks like he may be out for the year. He he said as much that he's done for the year. Yeah, that's a major blow. So uh, I'll say one thing, though, is if there was a position where Utah State seemingly could handle it, it's probably slot receiver. True. You never want to lose a guy because you know I talked about Kyle Van Leeuwen potentially being the leading receiver for this team, you know him or Cobb. That was my preseason expectation, and he was not really living up to that. I mean, he might have been two or three, but he wasn't doing nearly as well as I thought he would. Didn't have the sure hands I was expecting out of him. Wasn't getting open as much. Granted, nobody's getting open in this receiver core, so it's not like he was unique and not playing well. Um, so losing him, that's a big deal. He won. You know the battle in the in the depth chart. So clearly, you'd think, you know, the people behind him couldn't be better. You kind of hope that maybe just takes an opportunity. And honestly, when I was rewatching or looking again, I'm doing a lot of film study right now, trying to figure things out. But Terrell Vaughn looked okay against Weber. Yeah, so I guess that's the question. Like, who who steps up to that? Is it going to be Terrell Vaughn? Is it Nanai Davis? Yeah, it's, Do we see a little more Ziggy Williams? It's got to be Vaughn because he's going to be the guy that steps into the slot. And he's a speedy little guy. He had a pretty obscene drop against Weaver. Granted, it was on a play where there was a pretty blatant hold, so it wouldn't have mattered if he'd caught it and run into the end zone. But you can see some speed and some quickness in him, and maybe he'll have a chance to get open. He has some physical tools that Van Leeuwen doesn't quite have in terms of 
speed. Van Loon's a little bigger, but at least I think he's an inch or two taller. I think Van Loon's like 5'9", and Vaughn's like 5'7". And I think Van Loon's got a few pounds on him. Yeah, I think that's correct. So, but, you know, Vaughn's a little speedier, and we saw that kind of on the kick return touchdown he had. And then in some of the plays where they, they ran like a jet sweep type thing that was technically a pass because that's how they do it these days. He's had some screen passes where he's managed to turn up field, get some yards. You know, there's some things he's been able to do. We'll see how good he is at actual route running. But I I think it's possible for him to be able to step up, maybe make an impact, get an opportunity, maybe be a bit of a breakout, almost savior in the passing game. That's, you know, calling him savior of the passing game is probably a little too much. But get anything going here. Right. There's an option there. There's an opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, really. And it, by the way, you're, you're pretty good. Um, looking this up, and Kyle Van Leeuwen listed at 5'9", 175, and Terrell Vaughn, 5'7", 170. Yeah. A little shorter, not quite as thick. But he's yeah. got speed. Yeah, he's we got, saw that on the return. Yeah, he's got speed and quickness, and so I think you know, he has the tools, but other players have tools and they haven't used them. So... That's what worries me. You know, McGriff has all the tools. Cobbs has some tools. So does Vaughn. It's like everyone has the supposed talent, but nobody seems to be taking advantage of it. Right. It, it, it's, a, it's a blow not having Kyle Van Leeuwen just with his experience in the program, and he was, he was taking that next step in his development and being having an opportunity to be a more regular target in this offense been a few times where he's dropped some balls that were thrown his way, but he has made some plays for USU. But you're right, there are there are other guys that we've seen in scrimmages and practices that look like they can step into that role, and then they'll have to. I mean, they'll have to, and uh, try to, uh, to 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 have a bigger impact on the offense right now. Yeah, I've got no other choice. Somebody has to step up, or things are going to get bad really quick. Uh, 9315 on our full court press text line. A two-week humble pie can't hurt. Who could be the new slot receiver? Well, we've kind of talked about that. Uh, that text came in just before we launched into that discussion. Uh, 5338. But all I wanted was an autograph signed the uh, lean over the railing guy. Some of those guys leaning over the railing don't deserve autographs and shouldn't be coming to games anymore. Yeah, they need a swift kick to the behind. Uh, 9315 also texting in, just need receivers to catch the ball, and we have elevated the team. Yeah. Well, getting open is another thing. And, and again, in, in film review, there's a lot that's on the receivers in the passing game. You know, and today I was seeing a few plays where Logan Bonner did make some mistakes. You know, some bad reads that he made, bad throws. Um, so that there's there's fault on both sides. For me, I look a lot more towards the receivers because I think Bonner's about the same as he was last year. So we need the receivers to step up to where Bonner is a flawed but good quarterback, good college quarterback. Last year, his receivers elevated him to a great record-breaking quarterback. Right now, the receivers aren't performing, and so he looks like a bad quarterback. And that's just the nature of it. You know, Bonner's not the kind of guy who's going to be a offense carrying quarterback he can't do that very few college quarterbacks can and the guys that are aren't showing up at utah state 
So you need everyone to perform in the passing game. And right now, pretty much nobody is except the pass blocking is pretty good. That's about it. Yeah, he hasn't been sacked very much. And he's not really faced a ton of pressure. Most of the plays, and he's getting the ball out kind of quick on a lot of plays, but generally, even in some of the longer developing ones, he's got a pocket. Any guys that are you know, getting upfield, they're flowing past the quarterback, he steps up, and he's able to deliver a pass. It's usually incomplete, but that aspect is working well. We just need the wide receivers to be getting open and just something to happen. And some more accuracy from Bonner. That, that's something you want to see. I don't want to ex- you know, just absolve Logan Bonner of any guilt here. No, there it, is some stuff on him. Yeah, I mean, the, the receivers last year made him, made him look good. Devin Tompkins would go get a ball. Like he had a pretty big catch radius because he would go up and, and get stuff that was not, you know, really accurate, but he went and made it happen. Uh, but Logan Bonner did throw some really pretty passes too. I mean, he had that fade route down to a science with Derek Wright. Uh, I mean, there were there were some great throws that he made. But he was also benefited from having some wide receivers who really worked to get open for him that we haven't seen quite yet from this year's wide receivers, which is a little surprising. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to be good. I was really high on Cobbs. I thought you've got some big receivers who can make contested catches. You know, throw the ball to a spot, and they'll get it. And Bonner was good at, you know, throwing to a spot. He had a really pretty deep ball. He'd be able to kind of rip a pass in there. Not super accurate, maybe be a little high, but the receiver, they'd go out there Give and they'd get Give him a chance it. to make a play. You know, Bowling did that, Wright did that, Tompkins very much did that. We're just not seeing this. And the one example, I kind of mentioned this on Monday where I was getting mad at McGriff for not beating up a 5'11", 175-pound corner because there was a ball put within his, you know, it ended up landing a couple yards, but if he'd pushed through the corner, which you can do, you know, get a little physical, push toward the ball, he could have gone up and caught it. He's got a huge catch rate. He's a six foot six receiver. Put some weight in there, go get the ball. He didn't do that. And Cobbs, you know, he had a play where he just drops the ball. It was, it was in my Monday cooldown where Bonner drops a dime right in there. Cobbs just drops it. And it's just, we're not seeing enough, I don't know what's the word, just toughness, just the ability to get open and make a catch. We're not seeing that out of the receivers right now. And against Weber, it was kind of weird because there was a lot of pulling and tugging by the Weber corners that got away with a lot, and they weren't really punished for it very much. But you got to be able to fight through that. They were bigger. It's why when, when Coach Anderson was talking about how Weber's going to play man, we were having that discussion. I didn't think Weber State's corners, who are smaller and lighter than Utah State's wide receivers, would be able to out-physical Utah State's wide receivers. But they did. And it's frustrating to see that kind of thing because now, going forward, everyone's going to look on the film and say, oh, hey, aggressive man coverage shuts down the Aggies. Right. So what are we going to do now? If an FCS team can do that to them, man, think what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Air Force is probably going to kill us. They play physical and tough all the time. They may not have superb athletes on either side of the ball, but but they're tough. Yeah, they're tough, and they're going to out-physical Utah State. Last year we were able to beat them with some of the talent. We whooped up on their defense. Of course, they did the same to ours. But, you know, we were able to 
blow by that toughness with some of our own toughness and some talent. What have we got out of this team? It's, it's just kind of frustrating. That's what the coaching staff's still trying to figure out. And Coach Anderson kind of called them out. You know, he said we didn't win the one-on-one battles. Uh, called his team out really uh, for uh, basically without saying it, but we're not tough enough. We're not winning the battles that we we should be winning against a team like Weber State. Yeah. Uh, some more texts coming through nine three one five. Do you think Alabama was a team that would have rushed the most out of the teams that we play? But uh, our own line does not let that happen, so we should be good the rest of the season. Well, Utah State held the Alabama rushing attack pretty decently outside of containing the the, the quarterback on yeah. scrambles. Yeah, on design run plays, Utah State did pretty well. Um, the fact that you know UConn for at least a quarter and a half were able to run is a bit confusing. The fact that you know. Using you know UConn and saying all right the last three quarters of Utah State stopped them and they mostly stopped Alabama. It was weird to then watch Weber State be able to run incredibly well because you think Utah State had finally gotten into their groove in the run defense and then suddenly they weren't. You know against UConn you saw some really aggressive linebackers leaving cutback lanes. Against Alabama they didn't really do that very much. They gave up a couple of big runs and a couple of big scrambles, but generally like this think when I did the math, it was like four and a half yards a carry on design runs with the exclusion of like the 60-yard run. But, but Weaver was just carving them up. And I think some of that was good coaching. Uh, they had some plays that I don't think Utah State was ready for. You know, they were attacking some space, um, just going away from Utah State's linebackers, essentially, which sounds like a weird thing to be able to do. But you look at the play, and they run this way, and all the linebackers are going this way, and it's like, okay, how did that happen? Right, and you end up with you know Utah State's linebackers filling the same gaps as their defensive tackles, and that's opening up lanes. I just wonder, like, where where's the discipline? Why why what's going on? Then so we talk about the linebackers. Of course, it's it's Vong Pachong and Tafisi, the main guys. Kaleo Neves is struggling. The whole linebacker core just seems to not be doing their job. Of course, the defensive linemen aren't helping because a lot of times they're getting blown up and washed out of the play. So sometimes the linebackers suddenly stuck trying to fill two gaps, which they can't do. So just the run defense is collapsing before our very eyes. Or, or you have situations where two guys go to fill the same gap. Yeah, that happened That happened a lot. So the, 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 the communication or the, the design or the understanding of where, guys, where players should be they're not all on the same page. Yeah, it just feels uncoordinated because you have defensive tackles, you know, they'll slant toward one gap, like a defensive end will cut inside, you know, which is a thing that will happen as a bit of a stunt, but then nobody goes back out to, you know, cover the edge, have contain. And that's where guys have cut out and gotten a big game by going around the outside. And that's the kind of thing where guys are going to the same gap. You have the defensive end cut inside, and he's right next to the defensive tackle. And that happens on pass rushes, too. Happens several times where it just doesn't feel like the pass rushing or the run defense is coordinated on the defensive line or between the defensive line and the linebackers because they end up filling the same gaps, and that leaves these giant holes. Whereas you watch Weber State's defense, they were covering all the gaps, and Utah State was struggling to open up holes for their run game. 
So it's like, who's the FBS team and who's the FCS team here? Yeah, yeah. Utah State clearly got out coached. Uh, and just players were more on point for Weber State than they were for USU. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Utah State just doesn't seem like their defense is super disciplined and doing their job. Well, all the penalties also was another illustration of just how undisciplined Utah State was yeah. Saturday night. So it's just, where's the coaching and where's the coachability of these guys? You wonder, you know, one or the other, probably a mix of both. Like, what's going on? Uh, nine three one five with another text. How many chances can you give a wide receiver before you call them butterfingers? Two drops in a game is usually the line. Their second drop, that's when you call them butterfingers. Five drops in a season, maybe four. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I I swear they're being incredibly generous with the number of drops because I think PFF has like, I think they had one or two drops for the Weber State game. And I was like, excuse me? I was counting like five. And again, their definition is on target throw that's dropped. Which kind of means, okay, they give some leeway to if the ball's like way above their head and it hits their hands. Okay, maybe don't give them that one. But still, there's there's a lot of drops on this team that shouldn't be happening. Right. It's that, you know, the, and I, and I don't know if part of this is that this is a team that, that won a Mountain West Championship last year. They had historically like slow starts. Last year, but eventually it kicked in, and they they got going, and then they overpowered their opponents because they had better conditioning and pace was in their favor late, and so they came from behind and, and won a lot of games that way. And I don't know if this team has just had the mentality that oh, it will kick in, but it hasn't kicked in, and um, that's really dangerous if you think you can just flip a switch. They're not in a position, clearly, where they can do that. So, uh, <laughs> really important week for them to get yeah, it figured out. Definitely, because if, if they come out slow or if they don't you know, win this game somewhat convincingly, I mean, I guess the first point should just be come out, come away with the win, and I'll be happy. But to make me think you've reversed the trend, you need to come out and dominate. You need to come out and start fast. You cannot go down 10-0. You know, if you give up a touchdown on the first drive, whatever, but don't let that balloon into going down 14-0 or 17-0 or 21-7. Do not let something like that happen. Because you need to show you are mentally tough. This team has done no such thing at no point in this season except maybe the second quarter against UConn. And even then, it could have just been, okay, we kind of flipped the switch for one quarter and then went back to being duds. She thought, Oh, we're going to coast now. Right. So, and, and I talk really about this dangerous mentality. Yeah. And I talk about this in the off season. Like if they don't have the tough mentality, last year's team did, they will fail. And guess what they're doing right now? Failing. <laughs> Cause they're playing like failures. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's not happening. Uh, so UNLV will be Utah State's next opponent. They play North Texas. They host North Texas this Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock kickoff in, in Las Vegas. Uh, and UNLV is favored by three in this one. Uh, North Texas is 2-1 and one on the year. UNLV is 1-1 one one at the start of the season for both teams. 
435-339-0321 if you want to continue to weigh in. A couple other things to get through. Talking about the Mountain West, Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson announcing he's stepping down at the end of this year. What uh, He's been the only commissioner of this conference since its inception. So it has us thinking, like, what one, what is his legacy? And two, like, where does the Mountain West Conference go from here? Like, who should be they? Who should they be looking for? What type of qualities in their next conference commissioner? Uh, and uh, a couple other things going on. Donovan Mitchell officially announced in Cleveland. He had some interesting things to say there. Uh, for or I should say, a new jazz player was involved in EuroBasket today. How did he do? How did his team do? And how has he looked overall internationally? Um, we haven't had a chance to uh, reveal the results of our pick six from last weekend. We'll do that. And also the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. We normally do that on Tuesdays, but Jason wasn't here, so we pushed that into today. So that's all coming up on the Full Court Press. There are some sales that you just have to shop. This is one of those. It's the clearance sale at Lynn's Audio and Video. Lynn's popped up a tent in front of the store and it's stuffed with miscellaneous and clearance items. Just a lot of really good deals. Bose speakers and surround systems. Sony, LG, and Samsung TVs. Klipsch and Paradigm speakers. Yamaha receivers and speakers. Bluetooth speakers. TV wall mounts, wiring, and accessories. All limited to quantity on hand. 12 months no interest financing is available. The big clearance sale at Lynn's Audio and Video. 1655 North Main. Join Three Peaks Medical Plaza at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan for their grand opening this Saturday from noon to 4. Bounce houses, drinks, food, and a chance to win amazing prizes. 13 different medical specialties in one state-of-the-art building. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is the preeminent and most experienced with thyroid disease and sinus disorders. Three Peaks Medical Plaza grand opening is this Saturday. Go to threepeaksplaza.com for details and links to all medical specialties what's more important than sleep granted some things are but not many this is ryan at my mattress and here we offer the best solution to better sleep a better mattress intellibed the gel mattress cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible or come in and choose a tempur-pedic that boasts 93 percent of their owners love their bed my mattress offering the best sleep possible by the south walmart I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah, ChemDry of Northern Utah. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's an ACC-SEC clash. The 24th-ranked Texas A&M Aggies host the 13th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Steve Berline and me for a top 25 battle. 
Can Texas A&M rebound after an upset loss, or will the new-look Canes find a way to get it done on the road? If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday night at 6.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Valvoline Instant Oil Change now open on Sundays at 695 North Main in Logan. Quick, clean, easy, just how it should be. When it comes to getting your oil changed, stop in today or really any day this week. This music. Did you have my mic on? Okay. Yes, you're on. The music made it sound like we were about to step out and do one of those old uh, Western-like duels, <laughs> gun, gunslinging duels. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's like save that for save that for Got Thursday, right? Before, save it for Thursday before pick six. Pick six, that's right. So Craig Thompson, uh, the Mountain West uh, uh, Conference today, announcing that Craig Thompson stepping down at the end of the year, um, retiring after nearly 24 years on the job. Really, the only commissioner this conference has ever known. When it was created in 1999, January of 99, he became the the conference commissioner at the time. And uh, eight schools broke away from the WAC, which was the first Super League. And they, yeah, maybe a little bit ahead of their time, but they really didn't know what they were doing. And so it fell apart. And uh, the, there was a, these breakaway schools that formed the Mountain West Conference in January 1999. Now, it looks different today than it did then. Utah, BYU uh, left. TCU eventually also left. And so they've had some uh, other additions. Uh, Fresno State and Nevada were added in, in the summer of 2012. San Jose State and Utah State the following year in 2013. Uh, Hawaii added as a football-only school in uh, 2012. So it, it's been it's been an interesting ride with Craig Thompson as the commissioner. Uh, ask Utah or BYU fans, and they really don't like the guy at all. But for fans of other schools, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about Aggie fans, how they feel about Craig Thompson. Because for me, it's I think it's been a, a good relationship having Utah State in the Mountain West. Was it a little overdue or a little late getting them there? Yes. But um, considering things that have happened in the college landscape since Utah State's been a member... I think he's done a pretty decent job, but what are your opinions of, of Craig Thompson? Well, I think that for Utah State, Craig Thompson's been just fine. You know, Utah State's been able to move up, moving up from the WAC and into the Mountain West. That's been very good for them. Um, if you're looking at just the Mountain West as a whole, I mean, Thompson's legacy is obviously he started it or was part at the, at the start of it. There was kind of this golden era, you know, BYU and Utah – and TCU were BCS busters and national early, prominence. Yeah, at least Utah and TCU were. BYU was struggling yeah, behind. They never got there. But you know, you had three dominant teams. They were, you know, BYU and Utah were, you know, two sport, you know, basketball and football. Um, and so you know, the Mountain West was a power in two sports in basketball and football, and then it got gutted. 
you know what happened to the AAC or, you know, is happening to the AAC? That happened to the Mountain West back in the late 2000s when Utah, you know, ditched the Pac-12 and TCU went to the Big 12. Yeah, Big 12. Yeah. And then BYU went independent, and that just gutted the conference. And they actually recovered pretty well from that, all things considered, because then, at least in basketball, they kind of had a renaissance, and they had a few years where they're getting a ton of good teams into the into the tournament, some high seeds. But then in the last, you know, five or so years, it's slowly going downhill and fading from relevance. Yeah, you should mention, you know, Boise State was added, and they became a BCS team. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, what was it, split evenly between the WAC and the Mountain West for Boise? When they went to BCS Bulls, um, I can double check that. You know, their first one, they were definitely in the whack. Yeah, Just but slowly um, stall. But you know, according to you know, the the release, which is on Cash Valley Daily, uh, they're they're trying to laud and and uh, promote all of his accomplishments. Like the conference negotiated nearly six hundred million dollars in TV revenue. Um, you know, five. BCS or college football playoff bowl games, six inaugural bowl contests, uh, you know, several different expansions during his tenure. But um, I, I, I don't know. He he had teams leave, he had teams leave again, but then came back because the Big East fell apart. San Diego State and Boise State left, and then came back. Uh, and then there were threats of more. Uh, defections, but uh, really th- those teams would have left if the firm invitation was extended, particularly Boise State to the Big 12. So I don't know how much we can give, how much credit we can give Craig Thompson for holding things together over the last 10, 15 years, as much as th- the teams that were left in the Mountain West just weren't high profile enough to go to other conferences. Yeah, I think Thompson's done an absolutely terrible job of keeping things together. Like, every team that's had a chance to leave has done so. And many have petitioned or or applied for opportunities to leave, but they never got the invita- the, for- the formal invitation. Yeah. So it's like, th- this conference, I don't want to say that this part is Thompson's fault, but this conference is a stepping stone. It's, it's not Thompson's fault that teams do that. I mean... The Big 12, Pac-12, they've all been hemorrhaging teams in a way too. You know, they've been they've been losing teams to the the SEC and the Big 10 and and all that. So, you know, I can't blame Thompson too much for letting teams leave because it's just the way that college football's been for the last 20 years. Teams have been moving to the big conferences, and unfortunately, the Mountain West is a lower conference, and so the best teams have moved on or moved up, so to speak. And maybe he could have done a better job. Maybe he could have tried to keep Boise State, San Diego State from going to a very unstable Big East. Maybe that's a mark against him. But, you know, at this point with the Mountain West, the only reason some teams haven't left is because they won't be accepted further up. Boise State's not going to be accepted by the Big 12 or the Pac-12. San Diego State won't be accepted by the Pac-12. And there's, like, no other candidates besides those two to move up. Right. Well, and uh, it was, what, 20, 
2010, when Utah announced it was leaving, uh, Boise State was uh, uh, invited to to be a part of the conference that same summer, and so there were there were questions about the the strength and viability of the Mountain West moving forward because there's rumors BYU might leave, uh, you know TCU and its situation um, that wasn't that far off, so they were looking to go, but um, the, there was a moment in time there where the WAC was was getting better. Boise State was going to BCS games. Hawaii was a, a solid program. You know, Fresno State was a solid program. Nevada had teams that were going to the NCAA tournament. And so there were uh, the, the WAC, and with Utah State's basketball program as well, the WAC looked like a really strong conference. It was a, it was a real challenger to the Mountain West. And there was a moment of time there where BYU was kind of on the fence. Go independent, stay in the Mountain West, or go to the WAC. And there was a moment. I remember Stan, there were reports that Stan Albrecht, uh, basically there was an opportunity. The Mountain West reached out. The rumor was the Mountain West reached out to Utah State, said, hey, would you come be a part of our, our league? But at the time, WAC member institutions felt like, no, we're going to become the stronger conference. I don't want to go there. That ended up backfiring on them because then Fresno and Nevada go and Boise State was already on its way. Then BYU goes uh, independent. So it, it, it kind of backfired on Utah State. Then they had to sit and be put in timeout, essentially, for a couple of years before they could get the opportunity to apply again. But you're right. It, it's it, it's been a pretty rocky road for Craig Thompson in the Mountain West Conference. It's been a roller coaster with teams leaving, teams deciding to stay. And they had an opportunity to be aggressive in expansion and really have had opportunities in the last two years. And they've just circled the wagons and stayed put. And in, in moments of chaos, there are real opportunities there to grow and expand. The Mountain West didn't. And... Uh, I just I wonder if that's going to turn out okay or if those were missed opportunities for the Mountain West, particularly opportunities to expand into Texas, and they yeah. didn't. Yeah, not being aggressive might be one of Thompson's you know, biggest mistakes because he did well to survive that 2010-2011 situation of losing Utah, BYU, and TCU, but he was mostly just replacing them with the Nevada, Fresno State, Boise State, whatnot and eventually Utah State and San Jose State. He just replaced what he lost, and then he's not gone beyond that. You know, in this new conference expansion, he thought, well, I already have what I... It feels like that's what he's been saying. I don't want to read and try and say I know what he was thinking, but just felt like they figured they already had what they had, you know, circle the wagons. Like you said, they're just trying to keep their guys here. But they didn't want to bring anyone else in because they didn't see the point, I guess. They didn't read the room and say, oh, everyone's expanding. They're going into new markets. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're trying to pick up teams that are going to make their conference better. And I guess Mountain West just thought, oh, we're fine as we are. Which could very well be a mistake going forward. Now, there's pretty much nothing for the Mountain West in terms of expansion. Well, I remember just a few years ago, there were all these rumors that the uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga was being considered, uh, and they weren't able to to get that done. 
And it seems like this has come up a couple of times because John Hartwell blurted out at a volleyball game that looks like Gonzaga's coming, but that's never happened. And so it's been a couple of instances where it looks like there's been some flirtation going on there to add Gonzaga, but it's never been able to, to, to carry through and happen. So, it, yeah, it's been kind of this weird, like, keeping some things together but not being as aggressive as perhaps the opportunity showed that it, 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 the conference could be, but also doing its best to, to keep member institutions together as they are. I mean, there's there may have been some opportunities for schools to go, if not to the Big 12, but maybe to the American Athletic. Yeah, it's possible. Boise State may look that way. Um, well, they may have now – with the AAC gutted, then there's nothing there for them that's not already in the Mountain West. So Mountain West kind of dodged a bullet there. But, yeah, you know, you mentioned Gonzaga. That might be the biggest mark against Thompson is not being able to pull that off when it felt like it was almost going to happen. That would have been a huge deal for the Mountain West. Like the West Coast Conference, people only know that that exists because Gonzaga's in the conference. Yes. And every now and again they remember, oh yeah, St. Mary's is there. So if you'd been able to pull Gonzaga into the Mountain West, huge. You know, they're bringing in tons of money, tons of attention, national TV games, all that exposure. Don't get it. Because why exactly? Why did they not bring Gonzaga in? I don't know. Maybe they didn't feel like it would be a step up. Well, I think part of it may have been Gonzaga was wanting a BYU or a, a Boise State deal, and everybody in the conference was already wore out with a Boise State deal. Well, they get preferential treatment; they get to keep more money for national TV games, and um, that may have been part of it. And Gonzaga wanted a lot in order to to, to make that shift, and university presidents just weren't willing to to go there, which really is too. Yeah, I understand, but it's also too bad because it would have been an awesome basketball conference. Yeah. Incredible. Like it, and it depends if maybe the asking price was too much. There's, you know, obviously understanding that Gonzaga would deserve a preferential deal much more than Boise State. Boise State doesn't even deserve that anymore because they're suddenly not this huge powerhouse. They're just the best team in the conference. They don't deserve that kind of preferential treatment anymore. Gonzaga, they're a, you know, basically a power five team, a major conference team unto themselves. You know, they've thrown off the mantle of being a mid-major to the point where people don't consider them a mid-major anymore. They have major conference respect playing in the West Coast Conference, one of the most unique situations in all of college sports where a tiny school doesn't even have a football program, gets number one recruit in the country type of, you know, recruiting classes. And to get that kind of team in the Mountain West, you know, you give some ground. You give an inch. Maybe you give a mile or close to a mile. But you wonder if, you know, again, maybe the price was too high and I can kind of understand that there's a line you don't want to cross where maybe Gonzaga is just keeping all of the money that they bring in. Because then at that point, what's the point? Right. But if it was just greed of, oh, they just wanted a few extra million dollars, like, come on, give it to them. What are you making off that deal? Keep that in <laughs> mind. The money they're bringing home from all the national, you know, the the, well, the tournament, you know, success and all that. Well, uh, yeah, the the extra units to the conference from NCAA tournament uh, participation is huge. 
Huge. Massive. Yeah, so that's... So outside of their, their nationally televised games during the year, the NCAA tournament money is, would be big windfall for the conference. Yeah, and you get national, nationally, you know, nationally televised games in conference. And that's something that, you, that the Mountain West doesn't get too much of. And they'd get them like every week with Gonzaga almost. Or I don't know how many national TV games Gonzaga plays, but it's a lot a more lot. now the last few years. Considering they're pretty much top five, they're national all year, title contender. Year. <laughs> yeah, so it's regular. Like, so it's a huge miss in so many ways. Again, assuming that there wasn't some enormous asking price from Gonzaga that was just too horrible to say yes to. Right, and, and I was at, I had to wonder too how much of that was just a negotiating ploy for them to get a sweeter deal with the West Coast Conference. Yeah, certainly possible. Uh, a couple texts coming through, 9315. I think the new commissioner needs to add two to four teams, if the right teams, and that's just it. Like, there, There's no right teams who, anymore. Who, yeah, who are the right teams anymore? The, the teams that I thought should have been targets in the state of Texas, they they moved. I mean, they're on their way to another conference already. They yeah, got so, their invites. So it's like Utah State dropped the ball or never even picked up the ball to begin with. They just think we're good as we are. Nobody's going to leave. And now they're just stuck. They've stagnated. The one thing you cannot have been doing the last four or five years of conference expansion was just be stagnant. So, uh, five eight seven nine. Uh, who's going to be the next commissioner? John Hartwell. Uh, snort. No. <laughs> uh, well, Is that I don't not know who he it would wants. Be. I mean, but I would think it would. They would want somebody a little more high profile than. Uh, the athletic director at Utah State University. I mean that I said that in jest, but he look he's not as high profile. Um he's not in a major media market. I don't know that he's negotiated major media deals. And that's what you need now. Yeah. Thompson kinda did that on his way out the door. He negotiated a pretty solid media deal. You know, two hundred and seventy million I think over like six years, if I'm remembering the thing I read like five minutes before we popped on. Um <laughs> You know, a good media deal is better than, like, that was one of the things that Utah and BYU, like, that was their thing for leaving the conference was this horrible media deal. That well, the they Mountain tried West... to create the Mountain West Network yeah. as a cable channel, and that didn't work. Yeah, just all, I swear, every single, like, dedicated conference network has not done well in one way or the other. Like, the SEC network's done fine. The SEC but... and Big Ten network work fine. Yeah, the Pac-12 network is... But those are iffy. extensions of ESPN. Yeah, so they've they've got some backup. Although I guess I was thinking more of the Longhorn Network, which is like a joke. <laughs> but Mountain West Network was kind of the same thing. So everyone tried to make their own, you know, right, their network. Own platforms. And really only the SEC and Big Ten, which I guess, you know, they're the big conferences now. So I guess yeah. maybe they made their network work. Or those networks work because of the properties that are part of it. Yeah. Uh, we need to take a time out here in the Full Court Press. More of your texts coming through. What's the legacy of Craig Thompson, and what should be the qualities of the person who replaces him? 435-339-0321. Uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, just a reminder about the Napa Gold Filter Sale. It's only going until tomorrow, so it better hurry up to stock up. Uh, all Napa Gold Filter Sale, uh, all gold filters are on sale at up to 60% off, big discounts on oil as well. Go check it out to get up and go with Napa at their five locations between Preston and Providence, Napa Auto Stores. 
Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Your first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Finding, Finding, interviewing, and hiring. One of the most difficult things a business can do. The Cash Valley Media Group can help. If you need employees now or in the near future, plan to participate in the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair Thursday, September 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. From 11 a.m. till 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to hundreds of potential employees looking for work or wanting to change their careers. Call 752-1390 or go to cashvalleymediagroup.com. That's cashvalleymediagroup.com. To get involved Thursday, September 22nd at the Job Fair at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Presented by Cash Valley Media. Group. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex, find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerex. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson stepping down uh, at the end of the year. So the conference has a couple of months to do a nationwide search and vet their candidates. But we've seen a couple of new conference commissioners um, take new roles. Uh, There's a new conference commissioner in the Pac-12. Um... You know, it's a Big 12 has a new conference commissioner. So, you know, where does the Mountain West go? And, and what should be some of the qualities of that uh, commissioner, whomever it may be? Uh, a couple more texts coming through on the topic. 6294. Um, texting in. 
Got to make sure I'm reading the right one. Gonzaga, major key to success. Great coach. Willing. Willing got stay. He's just saying willing to stay. Willing to stay. Like I said, Gonzaga, they're basically a major com- a major conference team playing in a mid-major conference. And they've been able to convince their coach to stay there. You know he's had multiple opportunities to go other places to high-profile blue-chip programs. And he's, he's stayed committed to Gonzaga. And credit for that. Extremely rare. Yeah, and credit that. Like I said, he's he's built a a destination program, which I said it's the most unique thing in college sports where that's a destination program. They get top recruits. It's not the Boise State that was, you know, making the most out of three star recruits to the tune of, you know, all those BCS busting seasons. They never became a destination place. They weren't getting four like five star recruits. Like that's basically what Gonzaga did is is imagine if Boise State was getting five-star quarterback recruits, you know, for their football team. That's what Gonzaga did with their basketball program. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, and they recruit internationally. I mean, they're an international destination. Yeah, well, everyone recruits internationally well, now. Yeah, but Utah he's, State recruits internationally. He's, he's had some definitely high high-profile players come through there. Yeah. Uh, Nine three one five. Skip my other text. I gotta be honest, nine three one five. I read your text and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Well, he you skipped an earlier text. Yes, I. I oh, the, the earlier one. Yes. Okay. Something about secret weapons, but I, I'm sorry, I couldn't really make sense of it. So, I, rather than try to read it out loud and sound weird, I just skipped it. Sorry. Or try to. I don't want to interpret incorrectly interpret what you're trying to say either. Yeah. So. I know the, the voice to text can sometimes be tricky for some people. I don't know if that's what was going on, but anyway. But Craig Thompson uh, is stepping down to the end of the year. Uh, and look, he was one of the authors to this new expanded college football playoff. And it basically in his statement saying, look, shepherding that through, getting that done. In other words, he can put a feather in his cap and call it good and be done. And that kind of seals his legacy. Uh, as as a conference commissioner who moved the ball forward significantly for not just the Mountain West but for all Group of Five schools. Yeah, and that twelve, you know that that twelve team format is just a gift to G five programs. It's going to be a huge gift to the big conferences. Obviously, they make bajillions of dollars. But Craig Thompson, you know, it's kind of his ninth symphony, savior of the G five conferences, <laughs> in that they have an actual path to the playoffs. And that is a true gift. And that is that is something you can post your legacy on and be happy about. With all the other flaws he has, that's a good way to go out. Now, this, according to the Mountain West, the annual postseason revenue for the Mountain West will quadruple from its initial BCS distribution levels to an eventual 12-team college football playoff format. That's great. That's doing his job. In- institutions that rely on that money more than big-time programs, that goes a long way. Maybe that will help schools like Utah State reduce institutional support just a little bit. No, they won't. Because <laughs> then their budget would stay the same. <laughs> They'll find new ways to spend it. They're not going to spend that $17 million on something else. <laughs> or give the university a break or students yeah. a break. Uh, all right, another quick timeout on the Full Court Press and uh, some additional thoughts. We still have a stat that blew our minds, our player of the week, who won pick six. So a lot more still to cover here on the Full Court Press. 
S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, Advanced Fireplace and Stove. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to Full Court Press, 435-339-0321, if you want to weigh in. Uh, 9315, trying to clarify for us here. I just meant that Coach A has given away our secret weapon in the postgame after every game we won last year by saying that we're in such good shape that we win in the fourth quarter. Now the teams know that, so they won't let us use it anymore. Uh, and says, my speech to text can be frustrating, just like when we barely lose to the uh, BYU. I'm not sure why people like to use text-to-speech, because it doesn't work, ever, unless you speak the most clear possible English in existence. And it's like, why? Because you, you end up sending an incomprehensible text. Like, I have a friend who will send incomprehensible texts, and I'm just like, what 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 do you want? And if you have a if you have a Utah accent, uh, some sometimes the way that we pronounce certain words, uh, the, yeah, the voice to text doesn't really know what's going on. Like I said, it doesn't pick up accents of any kind. You have to speak perfect, flawless English. Enunciate. Yeah, and none of us do that. None of us enunciate. No, ours become or ours become ours. Yeah, like. So many people like so many people are texting an R instead of our, because that's how we say it. You say <laughs> R. This is our team. 
Uh, good times. All right, a lot more to come next hour. Hey, how are the teams in the Mountain West doing so far? We'll talk about it next. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Professional sports leagues are no strangers to controversy surrounding their owners. The Mavs were investigated for sexual harassment in the workplace in 2018. Donald Sterling was forced to sell the Clippers after using racial slurs in 2014. Daniel Snyder has a long list of issues, and yesterday the NBA handed down a $10 million fine in a one-year ban to the Suns owner, Robert Sarver, after accusations of racism and misogyny were found to be true. The NBA decision to suspend him makes sense. No place in sports for that type of conduct. But when you look at the history of professional sports, you have to wonder how much of this will change. The NBA and NFL have suspended owners for years, but this issue still continues to be a problem. So although the punishment may do a lot for the NBA's public image until professional sports make it absolutely and abundantly clear this type of behavior is unacceptable, this issue may unfortunately only continue in the world of sports. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.